What's up, everybody? we got a good one for you this week. We're talking to Sean Lundy, formerly of Drury Outdoors. He's now got his own company called Rugged Apparel, and he's kind of doing this Lundy life thing, uh, him and his son, kind of a family deal, just out there enjoying the great outdoors and getting back to kind of what it's all about. We had a great conversation talking about all that stuff with him along as kind of his upbringing in the hunting uh, world and how he kind of got into it all. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But before we get into it, don't forget about our sponsor for the podcast, Rodney Hawkins. If you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, or if you got a piece of ground that you're looking to get on the market, Rodney's a guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in Southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Now, they're not your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 alone. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them or what might be available on the market, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. Also, he's started his own company called RG Outdoors. He's currently got products from Radix Blinds. He's got Camo Dust, which is an all-natural scent elimination product. He's got burner self-defense weapons and Tacticam trail cameras, and he's all the time getting new stuff in the store. So if you're interested in anything they have to offer, you can send them a message through their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. Email them at rgoutdoors@yahoo.com, or again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. We also appreciate you guys following us on social media. If you don't, it's Ridge Hunter Outdoors. Facebook and Instagram are going to be the two we use the most. We have our Facebook group where we posted about Sean coming up. Uh, about an hour before we talk to him, actually. But I generally try to do that a little sooner. So if you guys do have questions, that way everybody can see it and you guys can get them posted in there so we can ask them. Uh, we'll also do some other exclusive stuff on there. We'll probably do a giveaway later this fall just for that group. But that is RHO Podcast Patrons. That's the group on Facebook. So make sure you join that. RichHunterOutdoors.com is our website. If you're interested in anything on there, whether that be our apparel, our scents, our food plot seed, or anything else that you see on there, use the discount code RHOPOD. That's all caps, no space, and you get 10% off your entire order. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a review. We really appreciate that. Follow us on either one of those. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and comment on any of those videos. we got one coming out soon from the cabin, so you guys can keep up with what we got going on there. And then we'll have some more updates from Jeff's and Nate's, hopefully, later this summer. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Sean Lundy here on episode number 87. This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Hey everybody, we got a guest on this week. You probably know him from Drury Outdoors. If you don't, maybe you know him as the giant bearded guy walking around the outdoor expos, uh, Sean Lundy. First of all, Sean, thanks for coming on, man. And how are we doing? Good, good. I'm glad to be on the show. I appreciate the invite, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Um, actually reached out to our mutual friend of ours, Alex DeBoard, and he said you'd be an awesome guy to have on. We're all the time looking for new guys, whether it's, you know, we've had on some Big names. We've had on some guys that you'd never heard of before, so it's cool to get to talk to kind of everybody on that spectrum. And um, looking forward to talking to you about some stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we did a we did a couple of podcasts with Alex and his guys. I mean, there it's it 
it's and it's good because we usually start off on a topic and then we just before you know it, we just get carried away. Chasing just, rabbits. They're definitely. Oh, they're they're a good bunch of guys to get into a, a talk with. So. Oh, for sure. We've had Alex on before, and uh, I've been talking to him quite a bit. So, yeah, those are good guys. Um, what we normally like to do is get into kind of your backgrounds for everybody listening. So those of them, those of the listeners that don't know you, can kind of get an idea who you are. So, yeah. uh, kind of the first question I ask everybody is. Who got you into hunting and like, and what age were you? Cause you know, was it dad, grandpa, was it a family friend, somebody else? No, it was, um, that one pretty blessed me. It definitely was my father. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, you know, here I am, I live in the Midwest, Northern Indiana. So everyone's like, okay, you know, a lot of people live in the Midwest or even down South and some of them good, just outdoor deer hunting States. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, you know, think, well, it would just make sense for them to deer hunt. But believe it or not, I actually grew up in New York. Okay. So I was born and raised on Long Island, um, which Long Island's not actually a city. You know, it's probably about 45 minutes to an hour from the city. So out there, we mm-hmm. had a lot of, um, you know, offshore fishing, saltwater fishing. There were some freshwater lakes and stuff. Now, we did deer hunting and upland bird hunting and stuff. But for the most part, you had to travel. And I know it don't seem like a lot, but back then it did. You know, we two and a half, three hours up into the... Mm-hmm. cat schools in the adirondack mountains and uh and i can remember you know even from a small age it's we would gosh i gotta be probably eight nine years old you know give a take where my dad would just take me out a lot of times i would just sit next to him sit on his lap whatever while we were deer hunting up in the mountains mm-hmm. but hunting out on the east coast in the mountains the adirondacks and stuff out there it was a lot different but i think i learned a lot there i mean that's really kind of where i got my feet wet and stuff because if you're able and successful enough to harvest a deer in a state like New York and, mm-hmm. you know, when I came out West, like I was kind of spoiled out here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like, yep, it's a very sure. target rich environment. Yep. And there at times, if you look at deer numbers, New York actually does have a good deer numbers, but there's a lot of timber. You don't have the agriculture right. fields and stuff for the most part, like you have in the Midwest and pinch points and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I think it's kind of how, why once I moved out west, it started to take off because, you know, it is once you get addicted into hunting and it just becomes part of your life. Oh, yeah. You you remember those special places, you know, and yep. moving yep. out to the Midwest that a lot of people out here may take for granted. It's like, try hunting in New York. Try mm-hmm. hunting on the East Coast or the West Coast. You know, you can't, Midwest is a special, special place. No doubt but, about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I pretty much started ever since. I mean, usually it was just, couple weekends a year during the holidays, Thanksgiving break, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Me and my whole family, we, we all hunted, but you know, a lot of guys were just my brothers and sisters and stuff like opening weekend, you know, and then we do a lot of waterfowl hunting over on the Long Island Sound for a bunch of sea ducks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was, for some reason, I would just seem to be that one child that, you know, when I get home from school, get done with wrestling practice or something, you know, I couldn't convince my buddies or my, my, brothers and stuff like that hey let's go out and try to pass shoot some ducks and stuff they wouldn't so i mean even as early as before i had my license my dad would just drop me off by mm-hmm. myself you know on the long island sound oh, yeah. with a shotgun and i'd say <laughs> hey pick me up a dark you know yep. and it's just when i eventually i left new york you know not that fast forward thing but like when i eventually left new york i i was okay at sports you know i was you know pretty athletic kid and stuff but like grade wise, no, I, I wasn't no Einstein, you know, <laughs> definitely not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I can relate. I love the, I love the outdoors. So I was like, man, I'm gonna 
growing up in New York, you know, I'm either going to get in trouble, I'm going to end up dead, I'm going to end up in jail, mm -hmm. or I'm just going to join the military. Mm -hmm. So I enlisted in the military, and while I was in the military, you start, you know, you go to boot camp to come back, you start meeting guys from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of blew my mind at a young age when they're like, oh, man, I can't wait to get back home. And uh, yeah, I remember one day after high school, you know, I killed one of the biggest deer of my life. And it's like, well, how'd you kill a big deer on a Tuesday? And it's like, well, we get home and <laughs> yeah. we go out after school. And you, you didn't do that in New York, you know? Right. Long Island has bow hunting, a lot of good bow hunting now. But when I was growing up, you had a, you had a plan of vacation to go hunting. You right. had, it was so come visiting some of my buddies from the Midwest. And they're like, you know, you go out there like, hey, we'll go hunting after work or we'll go hunting or do whatever. But I was like, wait a minute, like you guys literally walk out your back door, you know, <laughs> or go down the yeah. road. And I'll never forget, I told my parents, I said, hey, when, when I get out of the military, like I'm moving Midwest, you know, I'm currently in law enforcement now, but <clears throat> it didn't make a difference. I told them like, I was probably never going to go back to the East Coast. You know, I was going right. to have to yeah. do something to do where I can hunt and fish and just get involved in the outdoors all the time, year round. So yeah. Now that's kind of how I made my way out there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, first of all, I didn't think that sounded like an Indiana accent. Uh, <laughs> no, and, uh, when I go back to New York, it gets really bad. Like I if bet. I'm there for <laughs> all my kids, they were all born in Indiana, you know. But yeah. So me and my wife, we've got five kids. But like sometimes if we go to New York for a couple weeks or and we have, you know, some years we might go back a couple times. Some year we'll go back more than that. But the kids will start to catch up on it a little bit, talking mm -hmm. to my siblings and stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I'm there, after like three or four days, it like it gets bad. It's almost <laughs> a different know, language. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah. it's very fast. Like people, mm -hmm. they just and then you come to the Midwest. It's like man, everybody around here is about just grabbing a beer, relaxing, working hard yeah. all day, and just and just enjoying life. And in New York, it's just go, go, go all yeah. the time. So. Yeah, I can relate too to uh your dad dropping you off that's how kind of when i started hunting by myself i must have been in i don't know fourth or fifth grade probably out there with a bow whatever age i could draw back the legal yeah. poundage you know and like you said it was in my grandma and grandpa's backyard dad dropped me off and go to work and come pick me up at dark you know and i'm out there hunting by myself so i get that and then what you're talking about um hunting out there versus hunting over here we talked to steve shirk several times uh, from out in pennsylvania <laughs> He does a lot of big woods hunting, and we've had that conversation before where if you can kill deer out there, the learning curve is a lot steeper to go from here to there as opposed to, like, if, yes. if you can kill deer out there, you're going to have a lot quicker success here. That's not to say it's going to be easy because, obviously, it's not easy anywhere, yep. but I think that skill set that you develop hunting those kind of deer and out there in that kind of terrain and stuff uh, translates, I mean, the woodsmanship and all that stuff, it does make it a lot easier transition when you move out to the Midwest or somewhere like that. Yeah, the signs out in the Midwest too, like just the simple things. Like you talk about, you know, being in the big timber and stuff, like you truly, you did look for scrapes. You mm -hmm. did look for, for runs. You did look for trails. Then you come out to the Midwest and those scrapes and trails or whatever, they stick out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. One, because you don't have as much timber. You got more agriculture. So the deer are pinched down. The deer... So you're scouting, you know, a lot of times you'd be up in the mountains and you might have a week to get it done. You don't start figuring stuff out till day three or four. Right. You know, you come out to the Midwest, you, you, you could show up somewhere and get on, put on a new lease. And you guys are like, Hey, well, we're going to go out there the first few days and do some scouting. 
I mean, there's a good chance you can get on a deer. And I'm not saying the biggest buck in the world, but but just fill oh, some yeah. cooler, shoot some does. Yep. You might be able to do that first evening. You go out that afternoon, you're like, okay, man, when we drove by yesterday, deer were piling out in the here. You go in, you find that pinch point, you find that run trail, you play the wind right. It's just, it becomes so much easier in my yeah. mind, you know, yep. so. No doubt. Once you kind of figure out what they like to do and where they like to be, those, those yep. places are – everywhere seems like around here where, where <laughs> exactly. you, you can go find a spot where okay if i sit here at some point something's going to come by you know like you said it may exactly. not be the biggest deer in the world but it'd, it'd be something to shoot whereas absolutely yeah if you're out there in the big woods or like where you're talking about in new york uh you might sit there for three days and not see a deer in some places if you're in the wrong place it's just yeah it's not as easy to find where they're traveling or their or pattern them for that for that matter Oh, absolutely. It, it's definitely, it's different hunting for sure. So. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So when did you start uh, bow hunting whitetails? Um, I, I started when I was in New York, you know, and mm-hmm. I was, a, I guess, success would out there and would kind of, I mean, success for bow hunting in my mind is success to be out there, whether you learn something new that day or you actually get mm-hmm. on something and harvest it, you know, and mm-hmm. and that from leaving there and coming you know, to the Midwest, bow hunting just took off for me from there because it was so much. I mean, with a with a rifle and it, I've got nothing against it. You know, I talked just for a few seconds before we even started the podcast. It's like that's kind of like we when we broke away from from juries and stuff, and it was all you know good terms. It was just me wanting to spend mm-hmm. a little more time with my family and my my son. For people that have followed us, is growing up so fast like all my daughters and my wife and stuff you know they'll fish and turkey hunt and stuff like that but my son he's kind of like just he's gonna blow me out of the water you know for how much he loves to hunt Mm -hmm. so I felt like I just I want to spend a little more time with him and give him every opportunity in the world to to do things and even with the bow hunting you know when I was with Drury's I think what kind of maybe helped me succeed a little bit there was being that everyday guy that hunted a lot of public land in New York, like, mm-hmm. and then I'm coming to the Midwest and here I am, you know, on TV and, you know, I'm competing with guys, pro- probably, you know, some of the best hunters in the world. These are who right. I'm competing yeah. with and they're knocking down, you know, can constantly 160, 170 inch deer. Mm-hmm. And here I am shooting 115, 120, 130 inch deer. And I'm happy as a big <laughs> crap, you know, yeah. and, yep. and people were relating to that. And I'm like, this is like, this is kind of like who we are. This is who, who Lundy's are, you know, mm-hmm. that's why the whole, when we broke away, we just kind of that told my son, I said, we're just going to be, you know, just going to do Lundy life. You know, we're going to do social media promotions, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple, couple now, you know, a couple guys, we're still filming our hunts and our hunts are being seen like on friends of ours and guests of the shows and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just who we are. Like I don't get me wrong. Like I, you know, everyone strives to try to kill that booner or, you know, that one in a lifetime, 200 inch, and maybe it will happen. But reality is like the way me and my son are like the majority of the hunters out there, we're not going to have that opportunity every year. Right. You know? So when, when I got into bow hunting to me, like that's what success is to go out there with a gun Yeah, I mean, not that it's not success, but it's a lot easier. You know, you don't, you don't have to, take all the elements into it, but mm-hmm. bow hunting, I mean, if you get out there and you harvest a mature doe, you've done something, you know, it's, absolutely. it's, it's fun, you know? And yep. so, yeah, it's a whole different game for sure. Absolutely. Yep. I think what you're talking about there with that, uh, just kind of the honest 
this is what we're doing kind of thing, like the 115, 120 inch deer, just uh, pure excitement about that kind of stuff. There's definitely an appetite for that. We've talked to a couple different groups who are trying to do similar stuff to that. Uh, some younger guys doing it. And then even uh, just talking about guys like the hunting public, like they're so popular. Yep. I think for that reason, people want that kind of earnest, uh, not necessarily always killing the 180 inch deer, but just being out there for the love of it. And not to say that those guys that do that aren't as well. I mean, there's a lot of genuine guys that are big time, but I think to a certain extent, a lot of people are kind of tired of seeing that run of the mill thing that they know that they may never accomplish. And they want to see somebody doing what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, and when someone like ourselves go out there and we do harvest that, that booner, you, you almost see it like when you watch a lot of these shows too, that, you know, when people are killing these big deer, the excitement is there. Mm-hmm. But then you watch an everyday guy kill a 140 inch deer mm-hmm. and they lose it. I mean, they're beside themselves. I mean, it's yep. when I was in Kansas a couple of years back on one of the critical mass shows, like my buddy was teasing me, but like we had this, this deer walk out and, you know, and for some shows people say, oh, he was, you know, a mature deer bull crap, man. He was a three-year-old <laughs> yeah. with a, with a six, seven inch drop time. And it was on the outdoor channel a couple of years back. And I think they edited it out, but my buddy's telling me, he's like, hey, dude, like, this is like day four, man. Like, you're here all week. Like, don't, that deer's young. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, he's like, he's like, I don't care. You know, we're on the leash. You can shoot him. Right. But are you sure you want to? And I, I started pulling back. I'm like, dude, he's got a drop time. I'm, I'm smoking this deer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, and you would have swear when we found him that I, that I killed a booner. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes, and it's not the industry. I don't mean to say that the industry has ruined it. The, and it's not really a problem. I guess it's a blessing. We there are so mm-hmm. many great hunters in the industry. No doubt. That we are we are we are seeing so many world class 170, 180, 190 inch deer hit the ground mm-hmm. that we're not realizing that without not knowingly, like we're kind of discrediting a these great 130 and 140 yeah. inch deer. Yeah, like right. it's like, you know, it's yep. you you people will come to my house and, and I, it's happened to myself before I've sat in my, you know, my living room, I'm looking at a man cave and I've got a wall full of just, you know, one twenties and a bunch of 135 to 150 inch deer. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go to a friend's house somewhere for the weekend. That is big time on these shows. Then I come back to my house and I'm like, man, I've got a bunch of dinks on the wall, <laughs> but I don't, I really right. don't. You right. know what I'm saying? And then, yeah all of a sudden somebody that actually hunts in Indiana with me, which is a Mecca state, Indiana, especially Northeast Indiana, we've got great deer. Like we, we just have, we just have a County road every square mile. So it's hard to Mm -hmm. get a three-year-old to make it to a four or five-year-old, but there are people that are doing it. Mm -hmm. You'll get friend of ours to come over the house and I'll just watch them. And I'm like staring at my wall and I'm thinking, you know, I'm waiting for them to say, damn man, like you've been on TV, you hunted with the best and this is all you've killed. But they don't, they turn around and they're, and they're, these are people that lived in Indiana their whole life and hunted their whole life. And they're like, man, I can't imagine killing that many giants. Right. Yeah. You know, and you think, and you're like, you almost like want to smack yourself in the face. Like, <laughs> yep. damn, Lenny, you're a dumbass. Like, yep. like, don't take for granted. Like what you're doing is good. Like, yeah. so when it does that, it gets me like, I turn around and get excited again. I'm like, man, I can't wait to shoot that deer that <laughs> we weren't sure we were going to shoot this year. Like, yep. I hope he comes out next week, you know? Yep. So, yep. That's, it's all about perspective and that's what, you know, if you're, 
If you're wanting to kill those big four and a half, five year, five and a half year old deer, and that's what you want to do, that's awesome. You got to let those younger ones walk, right? But if you're out there uh, for the experience of it, and you want to kill those deer, and you know, and there's areas where it's like you're talking about, it's hard to get deer to four and a half years old. It's hard to get yep. deer to three and a half year old in, in places. Uh, so you got to kind of take into consideration what's in your area and what you can consider a trophy. That's I think social media probably does a disservice to that too because. Guys only see these giant deer, and then when somebody's posting a 120-inch buck that may be the biggest deer in their neighborhood, everybody rags on him because, oh, you killed a three-and-a-half-year-old deer, and he needed two more years, and he's not big enough to shoot. Well, for his area, that might be, you know, the equivalent to a 180-inch deer in southeast Iowa. <laughs> I, I love it when I, I see these videos all the time, and I, I hope people don't think I'm trying to be an asshole. <laughs> but they'll post these these videos, and they're like, they'll be like, man, what age do you think? And I'm okay with that because I, I, I love learning and, mm-hmm. and aging deer and stuff. And, mm-hmm. but then all someone say pass or don't pass you you were on this trip for a week and everyone's like, pass him. He's only four, man. He's probably not even four, maybe three pass. Him. And we're talking like 140, 145 right. inch deer. Yeah. And you look at some of these people and it's like, man, that deer is unbelievable. I'd shoot it, shoot it. And everyone's, and then people are knocking them back. Yeah. yeah. They're like, man, that's why you'll never get, and I, I always give a thumbs up and say, I'm letting it fly. Yeah. I, you know, yeah like, right. I'm not granted if I could take, and most of us can't. And mm-hmm. if I could take a month off and spend a month in Kansas or a month in Illinois, mm-hmm. or, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking yeah. every day, like, don't yep. work. And yep. I was on that two, 300 acre farm. Okay. Maybe I'll wait for that five-year-old deer, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's when you say, Hey, uh, you got to go to work for two weeks and you look, you're looking forward to that week and a half. You're taking off to go to deer camp, you know, and you know, lucky for me with filming and stuff like that, like I get to go on multiple of those week trips. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I also only got a week to get it done. So I'm going to take the most respectful deer that I, that I feel that gets me worked up and, you know, and is going to do it for me. It's, you know, and I go home empty handed a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I go home empty handed, I'm like, there are times I'm like, man, I should have shot that deer. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking the reason why I didn't and the reason why I went home empty handed one, sometimes it just wasn't there. But if it was a lot of times it's because I was worried about what everyone else would think. Yep. Yep. I'm like, what the heck are you doing that for? Yep. Who cares? Exactly. You know? That's the thing. If, if it's the deer that makes you happy, then by all means shoot it. I mean, that's what, like, to me, that's what it's about. Uh, it's not, what is my, what's the guys on facebook or instagram gonna think or what's my neighbor gonna think about it if that's the deer that makes you happy and that's the one you want to shoot shoot the thing you know and it's about it's about more than the the inches of the antler too i guarantee you when you look at those you're talking about sitting in your house and looking at those deer you remember more than just the shot on that deer you know story i'm talking from the walk in to the walk out absolutely absolutely that's to me that's what it's about I i don't blame like some of the like I am envious of some of these, like, I don't expect, you know, a, you know, a, you know, someone like Mark Drury or, you know, Wielkowski. I don't expect them to shoot a three and a half year old deer. Like, right. and I'd be honest, I'd almost be like, man, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. When me, I would, and not that I'm better than them or they're better than me as far as a person, but I wouldn't expect that out of them because they're legends, you know? Right, and right. To me, I respect the fact that they have these big farms. They turned them into what they did. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. Like we can't discredit that. 
Absolutely. And I love it when they kill giants because I know how hard they work for it. Yes. But a lot of those guys, and I'll be just personally working with Mark and, you know, Terry and being on the team, they expect me to go out and shoot, you know, a three and a half, four year old mm-hmm. in that five days I had to get on the trip and my own yeah. property on, on a 42 acre piece, you know, in Illinois, they expect that out of me and, and they get excited about it, you yeah. know, and they're like, you know, way to go. Not great deer. Let me like, they understand that. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of the biggest things, not the whole industry as a whole that, that I got away from, from being with juries. Like there's so many different members out there and, I thought I was going to be laughed at. I thought I was so out of my league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was kind of proud. Like, I wasn't out of my league. I think I represented – I didn't represent the big giant killing people because I didn't have the ground for it. But right. I think I, I represented juries in a positive, and I think I represented, you know, people like me and you, the mm-hmm. everyday per- person. Mm-hmm. And when it came time, it was one of the h- hardest things for me to walk away. It's just, you know, I just you, – you're expected a lot, and you should because it's a – pristine type company it's you know they're just masters when it comes to deer hunting but i noticed like you know during the hunting season it was okay i was getting back for opening week of gun season this or that and then three four years later i'm like man kansas is rock and rolling this time of the year and i'd be telling my son hey listen actually you can't come out of kansas we're going to be going to texas together don't forget that and we're going to do our early season hunt together Mm -hmm. but um for the gun season you're just going to, you know, stay home with the family. I'll, I'll be back in a week and we'll hunt the second gun. You'll still be able to get a good deer. Like, right. I'm like, man, I'm taking away. Yep. He, Indiana's his home state. Mm-hmm. Every little boy out here looks forward to opening day. Right. And he's missing it because dad's going to try to get three deer killed this week. Right. One in Kansas, one in Illinois, and then make it back from the end. And I'm thinking, man, I got to stop that, man. I got, you know, and last mm-hmm. year, like. I'm like, no, I will be home opening weekend for Indiana. And then I will go to Illinois and then I will. And it was like, okay, so if I, if I'm hitting Illinois and I'm hitting Kansas and not a prime time and I don't kill that deer of a lifetime, but I made a lifetime of memories opening mm-hmm. week with my son. Yep. Like, That's to me, it, like right? it, yeah, I'm like, this is, I have time, but the good thing is, you know, me getting, still filming hard now and my son he can run a camera better than i ever could now <laughs> yeah it's it ain't gonna be long before we're just you know and, and i don't know where mm-hmm. the road would be well it would be you know a few years down the line you know we kind of my son's up to par and he's where i am kind of like john odell is a legend in my mind on drew outdoors you know him mm-hmm. and his son and, you know maybe one of those things you know my son you know gets done with high school and it's like hey man let's start filming again and we start producing some hunt for Drews again you know but right. like at that right. mo- moment I just, what I was telling it, I just didn't have the time and the money and money does have a lot to do with it too, because, okay. Yeah. Granted, I may get the opportunity to go on some trips that some people can't, but you still got to get there financially. You still got to buy that five, $600 tag. Mm -hmm. You still got to feed yourself for a week. And I'm like, wait a minute. So the last couple of years, me and my son, we've just been okay, this is when you can get off school. We're going turkey hunting. You can get off school in the summer. We're going to go on a gator hunt. We're going to film mm-hmm. it. We're to, let's go to this deer hunt. And then we're going to go to Kentucky. And that, you know, in the yeah. last two, three years, sometimes we had some phenomenal years and sometimes we don't. And then last year, we weren't tied in with any show or nothing. We had the year of, I think me and my son knocked down like seven, eight deer, like That's all awesome. on film. <laughs> it's like unbelievable, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. Uh, let's back up just a little bit because – you moved about what age were you when you moved to Indiana 
from out um, out east. And I, I guess was that uh, after the military? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been in Indiana now. Um, before I mess up, me and my wife are gonna tell me my age. I'm 44. <laughs> I'll be 45. So I'm 44. I moved here probably when I was 22, 23, so okay. over 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So got out of the military and stuff like that, and then moved here and uh, got my foot in the door with law enforcement. And mm-hmm. then naturally with the beard, I kind of worked for you know some local agencies and stuff for the state of Indiana, just mm-hmm. as a regular patrol officer, and then made my way to a um, narcotics task force working undercover at a like a state jurisdiction type level. Mm-hmm. And then we had some cases that went pretty good, kind of you know, multiple states and stuff that was tied in different places. And then I eventually transferred over to a federal task force working with a um, federal narcotics agency. Nice. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but <laughs> it sounds like soon, it. as soon as I moved to Indiana, that's when the, the, the deer hunting went to, it went to yeah. full bore mode and we haven't stopped yet. So, yeah. so, uh, when in that timeline, did you, uh, kind of hook up with the Drury guys and get in on that? And how did that all come about? That happened, um, you know, like I probably, like I said, when I first moved here, it was only a year or so after that, we purchased a little bit of ground down in Southern Illinois. And, um, mm-hmm. when I was down there, I always kind of filmed my hunts, you know, just, to, to have the memories and stuff. And right. Yep. I travel for a little bit with some people that run in a camera for some guys that did some waterfowl hunting and everything. And, um, when juries came along, I was actually working like a lot of undercover. So I wasn't really filming myself and it's not like myself could be on TV because I was working a lot of undercover right. cases at like, the time. Hey, now, wait a minute. I, I recognize this guy. Yeah. We kind of, we still run informants and stuff like that now, but I don't do as much undercover. So that's when I was like, all right, now I can turn the page a little bit. Right. But when I started doing that, I kind of became friends with a couple of guys from juries, especially down there in Southern Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. You got guys like a, several different people hunt down there um you got kelly turner brick stewart he's been on <clears throat> bow madness forever mm-hmm. you know i just became good buddies with them and then just little by little just filming some stuff and and whether it's helping other people out or filming things for myself and talking to matt drury he's like you know hey he knew being in law enforcement i don't know it's probably i was with them for I haven't seen like forever, but really wasn't, but I've been gone with them for about two, three years. I mean, I still stay in touch and everything, but I don't know. I'd say probably about 10 years ago, I started to go ahead and really was kind of hanging out with a lot of guys from that and just, you know, whether going over their farms, helping them with things. And then Matt said, Hey, why don't we do, you know, let's film like a hunt, but like something to do with law enforcement and military and stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had a Turkey hunt that we filmed. And it was just, you know, a hunt down in Southern Illinois, you know, we ended up getting a smash on a bird and he took it and he, the juries went ahead and edited it, but it was kind of introducing me to, you know, people that were Drury's fans, you know, Hey, this is Sean, Mm -hmm. he's a fan of ours, a good friend of ours and, and ended up doing pretty good. So he's like, Hey, if you want to continue filming some of your stuff, we'll use it on a, Drew's Natural Born, which is a great show that I don't think it's enough credit. It's on Sportsman's Channel. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's um, I think one of the main sponsors is Winchester. So yeah, I'm like, okay, that'd be kind of cool. And then what happened is Dream Season, kind of that. I'm not gonna say it got replaced because then they had the Dream Season Live that kind of went to like an app and the Deercast yep. app, you know, yep. where 
like when dream season, if someone's hunting next week, you're going to see the dream season hunt like, like a week later, you yeah, know, you don't have right. to wait a year, you know? Yep. And it went on their DeerCast app, which is unbelievable. There's more video content on oh, yeah. that than you can take a stick at. I bought that but just so I could watch the, the old VHS that I, know, I grew up on. <laughs> besides the fact that like, and I was, that's like, I was always a big fan of Dream's. Like I watched every one of their takes, you know? Oh yeah. But when they came up with that app, yeah, it's, that app's awesome for, for deer prediction and, mm-hmm. and learning stuff. It but is. It's, it's awesome just for the fact that, <laughs> man, if you're anywhere and you've got internet service, you can be in hunting camp. You can watch every mossy oak and every yeah. Drury Outdoor show yep. from the beginning of time. Oh, yeah. We're talking the big frame glasses, Mark <laughs> yes, and Terry. Yes, <laughs> yes. Huge camcorders yes. over the shoulders, you know. Yep. So I, I just started, well, what happened then Critical Mass came out. And they had an opening and they said, Hey, let's, you know, come on to critical mass. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. And I, I killed some deer that year. And I'm like, dude, I've killed two deer. I filmed a few, but I'm like, there's no way. And they told me like the people I was going against, like on this show. And they're all like, like just megas in the industry, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's no freaking way I'm going to get like, then I'm thinking, well, what am I talking about? My dad's like, or my, my dad, my son's like, dad, you're gonna, you gotta do this. I'm like, all right, we'll do this. Mm-hmm. So the show came and we went ahead and had our episodes on there and stuff and became one of the critical mass casts. And that year, I think that was a year, man, Greg Lessiger just killed a bunch of 200 inch, but I think he killed one that year too. Mm-hmm. So we voted on the show, you know, and he, you know, we voted him to be, you know, the winner and he won. And, and then they had where the viewers that like watch TV get to vote who like, you know, for like fan favorite. And I'm like, right. holy crap, well, I ended up winning fan favorite. I'm like, yeah, I, I probably just killed the smallest, the two smallest deer in Drew Outdoors history. Yeah. And how, how the heck does my dumbass win fan <laughs> favorite, you know? Yep. And all of a sudden, so we, we, we start doing it for again. And then next year comes up again. And they're like, well, we're just going to let the viewers pick, you know, instead of the cast members voting, you know, mm-hmm. we'll let the viewers pick, you know? And so I killed a couple more deer, still nothing great, you know? And, sitting there watching tv and you know some of it's pre-recorded but you really don't know who who wins right you know right and i'm sitting there watching the tv and all of a sudden it's like like a week ahead of time you know the fans out there actually get to call into the app and vote and i end up winning the can-am and winning the whole show like fan favorite again i'm like i'll never forget i was in tears i'm like what is going on and the phone (laughs) rings and it was mark called me into my mind i'm like like all i could tell him is like mark like you know, I'm sorry that I killed Dinks, but like, <laughs> I promise next year I'll up my game and I'll never forget. Like, this this shows the trueness and the love for the outdoors for Mark and Terry Drury and and Mark himself said, "Don't like mm-hmm. you keep doing what you do." That's awesome. Like, do not think like just do that. This is what you know. It's what people have got away from. Like, and that's what's so in my mind was so special about you know Drury's, which it's the same thing like with Fred Eichler. Like, I'm a huge fan of Fred Eichler because. The guy has killed giants, mm-hmm. but he will also also go out there with a stick and a string, yeah. and just kill a deer and get so worked up over it. You're like, you're like, that's me. I can relate to yep. that. Like yep. that guy just shot a four pointer, you know, <laughs> on a do it yourself hunt in, in the mountains of Montana. Yeah. Right. And people, but what's cool about it is people like, in, in the way they're thinking, like, man, why do you shoot that? But then, you know, those same people in the same way are going, who cares? It's Fred Eichler. He's yeah. awesome. Right. He, you know, and it, it makes you feel like dang, I can't wait to go out next week now. I'm going to kill a dink too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, isn't that why we're out there, right? It should so, be. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah that's. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, I had several years after that where I just, 
you know, really just started having a lot of fun with juries. And it was just, it was getting to the point where I'm like, you know, and my son, we talk about now, but I'm like, damn, I kind of missed that. And, mm-hmm. and I looked at like, okay. And then I'm like, man, I should have, wish I'd have done that with my daughters. And I did, right. you know, and then I'm like, man, I wish I, man, I did like, right. So when I walked away, like, you know, I talked to Mark and Taylor and Matt and all them. And, you know, I think I, like, I just couldn't stress to them. I said, listen to me. Like I, and, and, and I hope to this day, I mean, I still talk to them every once in a while. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, uh, in, in, in January, we go down to Taylor's husband's, uh, Austin's place mm-hmm. down in Texas, me and my son, even we're going back again this year. I'm like, I hope they really like, you know, understood why. And, but like, that's the, like I told them, I said, I'm, cause there's people that leave and start their own shows and try to do something. And, right. you know, I explained to them, I'm like, I'm not doing that. You're not going to see me leave this year. And then also next year, you're like, oh man, he jumped ship. He went to the, like, right. I'm not doing that. Like, I still, you'll see me from time to time, like promote Deercast. And I still, you know, live and breathe Mossy Oak. And mm-hmm. I still promote, you know, the shows that are on TV. It's like, I will always be a huge fan of the juries. It's just, I was like, you know, right now, let me just slow down for a little bit. Yeah. Get my son Cole up to par where he needs to be. And, and, and I could see it now. I could see my son in a few years saying that, Guess what, man? Move over. You can be my cameraman, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start filming f- full time for juries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll be begging yeah. Mark, let me on, man. This is what I want to do. <laughs> yep. And at that point, I'll be okay with it. Just to hand the reins and just go full force for the next 20 years. It's just mm-hmm. th- the kids were right in that age, and you can look at some of the original hunts of my son. You know, six, seven, eight years old on Drury Outdoors, and it was an awesome moment. An awesome moment for him, but. You, you don't want to take away from that. You, you know, right. yep. he's, he still has to enjoy what the fundamentals are hunting in my mind. I wanted to instill that in him before, mm-hmm. because everyone thinks it's easy to go out there and shoot a deer on camera and it's not. Nope. And as a child, you miss out on a lot of opportunities, like hats off to the Odell's and, and, and Taylor, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, she, it's all she knows, you know, like she, everyone may look at it like, well, she's killing these big deer because of who, do you know how many opportunities she's missed out? Do you know how many opportunities she didn't get because right. they're doing everything they can to create the perfect hunt so we can be shared with it mm-hmm. at home watching it? You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's, yep. So I guess I was a little selfish. Like, hey, listen, like I want to give my viewers this, but I, I also want to give my son what he needs and I don't want to jip him out of it. So Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously that's understandable and that's just kind of phases of life, I think, and that's, Yep. That's part of the reason it's important not to burn bridges. Like if you would have left out mm-hmm. of there, you know, and and not made it clear what you were doing or did like I'm sure some people have done and just try to build off of the name that they were able to, <laughs> yep, you know, yep. that they had there, um, it might have been different. But now, like you said, if your boy wants to do that in a few years, uh, you know, it sounds like that relationship's probably still there where something could happen. Yeah, yeah I, I hope so. You know, I, like, right. I try to still stay good and, and – you know, talk to them from time to time. I just, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago. I was just talking to Mark because he's got that new grandbaby, you know, Taylor and Austin had the, the grandkid and mm-hmm. stuff. And he was sending me a couple of pictures of him and his wife with the grandbaby. But it's like, you know, like they, you know, a lot of times when people leave, they always think like, oh man, what happened? I wonder why they left. And then they're waiting for the next six months for the big thing, you know, mm-hmm. let's see why they left or why they left or why they're not together no more. And you know what? And then all of a sudden, some big comes out. It's like, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are, two, three years later. Nothing. I, that's <laughs> yeah. truly why yep. I left. It was, there was nothing out of it. You know? Right. So yeah, and that's I, relationships are so important in everything, but especially it seems like in in this industry. And that's something I've 
come to find, or we have on the podcast, and we've been doing it for almost two years now, so not terribly long, but in that short amount of time, it's really opened my eyes to just how small, I mean, it's a huge industry, don't get me wrong, but But how small. Bridges fast. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I mean, everybody knows everybody, and if they don't, they know someone who knows them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. So if you do burn a bridge with somebody, it may not just be with that person either. And if you have that good relationship with somebody, then maybe that person vouches for you and, and you get to open the door to another opportunity. So, yeah. And it can, it can be cutthroat too. And that's why you have yep. to, you know, you have to be careful. Like, I mean, you will find a group of people where you're out having beers at night. You're like, man, what's the deal with that guy though? But like, mm-hmm. for the most part, some of the people that have, you see him, you've seen him for a year. You're like, man, who's this new up and comer? And then you never hear from him again. Right. And it, it's because they, they weren't in it for the right reason, you know? And mm-hmm. to this day, I still try to make it to the, all the shows and make it to the ATA and, and just to be with some of the great, you know, people that I've met through the industry. And, you know, at times you get a little broken hearted when you got maybe two people that aren't, you know, seeing eye to eye anymore. It's like, you, you don't want to get stuck in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. and the best thing to do is just, just kind of, you know, definitely stand up for what you believe in, but like, don't, don't try to burn them bridges, you know? And yeah. to me, I just almost try to be kind of mediated to everything. Like, Hey, this is like, we're blessed for what we can be and we're blessed for the places we get to go. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 like you said, again, you don't, you really don't want to burn those bridges and stuff because it, yes, it's a big thing, the outdoor industry, you know, and it's huge to be part of it. But once you start being part of it and mm-hmm. you can, it, it could take just burning the wrong bridge mm-hmm. and, and you'll, 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 you'll yep. never be any part of it again. Yep. And that's, what's good now. Like there's some hunts that we've been on the last couple of years that we've had friends of ours that are like, Hey, can you mind if we just use that footage as a guest, you know? And they, I'm like, absolutely. You know, and mm-hmm. nothing's really been said about it because it's not like I did that and went off and started a new show. It was just right. someone maybe wanted to bring, you know, some content or some new eyeballs to their show, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, you know, a friend of ours right now, like we're going to be filming all this year and some of our footage, you know, I'm like, absolutely. I'd love for you to showcase, you know, just a memory that me and my son made, you know, in the outdoors, this or that. And, you know, it's his sponsors are not his sponsors, you know, like my sponsors are my own sponsors and his sponsors are his, but mm-hmm. we're, we're just, we're just going to be showcased on there. You know, you see that a lot with some of your, like you have, okay, Drury's and stuff like that with Mossy Oak, and you have, you know, Bone Collectors and Wandell and them, like Realtree. Mm-hmm. But you also see Mossy Oak and Realtree. They also have several different shows throughout the outdoor network. Mm-hmm. And you'll see a lot of people on that show, and you might see a show that's put on by Mossy Oak, and you will all of a sudden see hunts from maybe somebody that was on, that's on Drury Outdoors on that Mossy Oak show. Mm-hmm. Or you'll see, you know, Pat and Nicole Reeve on that show because they're part of the Mossy Oak, you know, and it's I, I like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's maybe yep. this isn't actually their show, but they're friends of Mossy Oak and yeah. their partners. And so, you know, to and by doing that, I don't really think you're burning any bridges. I think some of the people that forget to where they came from, like I will never forget where I came from, you know, yeah. trees and maybe I'll, this is as far as I'll go, or maybe, you know, I'd venture back and be there. I, I don't be back again. I just, I won't mm-hmm. forget where I come from, but some people, they do that. And I've heard it. And not just with Drew's, like other shows. I know people that have been with big shows 
and they're on that show for a year or two and then they leave and they're like, well, you know, they should do, they should do. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. are you even realizing how much goes into producing a show? Yeah. They gave you the opportunity to be on this for a couple of years and now you're going to try to stick one up their ass, yep. you know what I'm yep. saying? And, and then when they go to another one and they realize how hard it is, but you know, and they just tried to hang their hat on, well, this is who yep. I was with. This is, uh-huh. it's like, you know, you really just kind of be blessed for what you have and take the opportunity and, yeah, yeah, walking away from juries was probably one of my hardest decisions ever. But yeah, it, it, after a few weeks of, you know, just relaxing a little bit, and I'm back with it with sponsors as far as with, you know, promotions and, mm-hmm. and social promotions and small little TV promotions. But when I took a break from juries and like I concentrated on just my kids in the outdoors, I did have a big relief taken off. Not yeah. because I wasn't with juries anymore because I can concentrate because when I was with Drew's, I a hundred percent wanted to promote them every way I can. And it was getting to the point where I was felt like I was doing great things for them. And I'm like, man, like it could be something simple, like pulling up in a car. Hey man, I got to post this right now. And then your wife sends, Hey, your daughter just scored. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like she just went in 10 minutes before I did it. I'm in the car mm-hmm. trying to get a put and it's nobody's fault, but right. my own, you know? Right. And I'm like, gosh you know or you're doing something your kids are like hey dad i'm like hold on hold on i gotta do this or hold on i gotta i gotta go ahead and uh i was supposed to get this done but and i and i'm thinking what am i doing man like if i wasn't yeah. at this point in my kid's life we would be doing this together you, you know mm-hmm. and it's so and some of that is sacrifice that you have to make because that yeah whatever phase of life you're in but then when you do get to that point where like you said you kind of get tired of it or missing out on stuff and you realize it is time to maybe uh, make a decision for your family in your case uh, mm-hmm. or whatever situation it may be, then it's time to do that. And I, it sounds like, you know, you've kind of, you're kind of at peace with that, which is good. And I think that means that, you know, you did it for the right reason. And I think we're building, like we talked in the beginning, like we're building, I still will never forget it came from juries, you know, but right, right. right now me and my son and we're kind of like, building who we are now like the whole Lundy life this is who we are like we, yeah you know and and maybe the, the Lundy life crew sean and cole will be back 20 years from now you know yeah and it would be 10 years strong going freaking slamming deer for juries and it's like you know you have the Lundy family here they are you know yep. Lundy life crew showing you know sean and cole they're their own team like you had the odell crew you know mm-hmm. and, all, and the jet you know jennings brand with, with his sons and stuff it's but like right now like we're still just we're still trying to go strong in the industry and promote some great sponsors, some great partnerships. And that's when me and my um, good friend Lance, you know, we're into fitness, but we're into just being proud to be a hunter and an American and everything else. And that's when we, um, a couple years back, we launched that rugged apparel company. Yeah. That's you what know, I was, that's just, I was getting ready to yeah, ask just, you about that. Uh, kind of moving in, I guess moving on from jury now and you've got into this rugged apparel. And as you kind of just mentioned about being proud to be an outdoorsman in America, which is what we're all about. We got (laughs) a quick little tangent. My sister does some like graphic design work and stuff like that. And she does signs for people. So she got a gift uh, from one of the companies she works with the other day. Uh, They just sent it to her for free. It's like a, a printed out plastic sign of the constitution. 
And she was like, does anybody want this thing? I was like, shoot, yeah, that's going in the studio. Because yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what recording studio doesn't need a constitution in it, you know? Absolutely. So, <laughs> I can get on board with all of that stuff. But, yeah, why don't yeah. you tell everybody about Rugged Apparel a little bit? Yeah, we just – it was weird. It's like I, I try to, you know, stay in shape just because my job with law enforcement and everything else and hunting. I mean, you got to be in shape if you really want to get out there and hunt mm-hmm. as much as you want. And, mm-hmm. But, we, you know, it's like you, you find these clothes. And the, the friend of mine, you know, he had this – this he was making, you know, a couple shirts and stuff like that. And so I'm like – you know, he reached out to me like, yeah, let me, you know, try some of them. So I went ahead and warm them. I'm like, man, these things are great. Like they fit good. And mm-hmm. even when you got a little dad belly, I'm like, man, it makes it look like you don't have one. You know, you feel good. <laughs> yep. And then you start, you start looking a little better. You start working out harder. You're feeling great. And it's, yep. then I'm, you know, he's like, man, what do you think about if we did a shirt like this and we made another shirt like that? And then I told him, you know, I'm like, Hey, for kind of like deer camp and stuff like that, you know, I kind of want to come out with some like, Lundy Life logos, you know, like, you know, this is just who, who me and my son and my family is now, you know, and I'll mm-hmm. just get my daughters to wear these cool hats. And we just made this little logo and, you know, and then some pro patriotic stuff like 1776. Oh yeah. You know, like, you know, this is just, it's what this, you know, country's been founded on, you know, and yep. we started coming out with that and, you know, he's like, Hey man, do you mind if a couple of buddy of mine want these shirts? I'm like, no, no, man, make a few extra, sell them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, hey, a couple of them workout shirts you had, you know, like, can you send me a couple? He's like, yeah, just send me a few bucks, I'll get them made. And then people started doing it. And then next thing you know, it's like, now I have doors and, and my wife and, you know, my buddy, his cat, you know, his girlfriend's like, man, these pants, you know, I'm like, man, let's try to, you ever think about these kind of legs? So we designed a pair of leggings and I'm like, and I didn't even know what squat proof is. And my daughters are over <laughs> like, hey, like when you squat, even a pe- black pair of leggings, like when you squat, when they stretch, you don't want to be able to see like your underwear through. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, right. how could you? They're black. I don't get it. And they're like, no, they got to be squat proof. I'm like, well, I don't know what the heck that means, you know? And but yeah. so I'm like, so we came out with these leggings and my daughters are like, yeah, they, these these aren't good. So we sent them back and we put it Lance. And next thing you know, it just, it kind of took off from there. So like, you know, and the same thing, it's fishing. And so we have, you know, kind of like, you know, the SPF 50 fishing shirts. Now mm-hmm. we've got lifestyle, um, sweatshirts that are unbelievable that I promise you will, the sweatshirt material will match any company out there. Mm-hmm. But these are all things that we didn't just go somewhere generic and buy 10,000 shirts right. and then just put stuff on them. Like these are all originally done in house, you know, mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many pair of leggings are like right now we're been trying, we've been demoing these pants and they're not out yet. They'll probably come out in another year, but like, you know, like a lifestyle, just kind of work pants. You can wear them out mm-hmm. to dinner. They look nice. You can wear them to church, but you can also wear them to trim tree stands if they don't sag. Yeah. the, the waist and the crotches, they stretch, you know, they're not tearing out. And mm-hmm. it's, so it's just a rugged, like, you know, in the beginning, you know, we're like, man, we just want to do something for that, like, rugged lifestyle. It's, and it just kind of took off from there. And I'll be honest, it's, like, overwhelming in such a good way now. Yeah. Like, yeah. we, so many people are supporting us. And it's to the point where we'll come out with stuff. And then, like, we launch the fishing stuff. And boom, it's just, before you know it, after, like, five days, we're like, man, we underestimated that, you know. <laughs> so we yeah. had to take them online. And then a week later, put them back online. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's really, really been going good. And it's. Yeah, the name of the company's rugged, you know, kind of spelled untraditionally because we're a little out there at times. You know, it's R-U-G-G apostrophe D, mm-hmm. you know, rugged apparel, but it's, 
-hmm. you know, it's, it's really going good. But I mean, from everything from hats to t-shirts to sweatshirts to, to tank tops to leggings, um, you know, cutoff shirts for guys, leggings for, for girls, um, fishing mm -hmm. shirts. Uh, I mean, there's so much more that we actually are sampling now and some things that we're having redesigned, like right. the, the apparel pants for, for guys, um, the leggings slash like biker shorts for girls that we knew a lot of girls were talking about that. Some of our, my daughters, you know, they're all in sports. We're talking about like, like special types of like sport bras, not actually like, but like bras you can almost wear to the gym and they're very mm -hmm. appropriate looking, right, you know, it's right. almost like a tank top, but it's kind of, so the sky's the limit. Like we're, really, it's just, and that's the thing we, we, we're a small company now, which I'd like to keep it small, mm -hmm. but you know, everybody wants to go big, but not too big because of the fact that we've had people that say, Hey, listen, this doesn't fit right. And the cool thing, them, them being able to message, you know, our website and the people that are working for us, be able to message back personally and right. send them. And re that's, you know, and it's nothing against other big companies out there, but sometimes you get something, you're just stuck with it. Yeah. You know, they're selling millions of them and it's, we don't want to, we want to get to the point where we're enjoying it. You know, we're, we're never be successful in it, but not overgrow our personal relationship with our customers. So, yeah, that's worth a lot. Yeah. Just being able to talk to the guy who is running the company. That's part yeah, of the reason we absolutely. work, work with uh, the seed guy that we work with is like, if I call up there, I'm getting him, you know, if a customer calls up there with a question, he, they're getting the guy that runs the place or his, um, his right hand man, you know, I, that's and, worth, that's worth a lot. Majority of my sponsors, and I'm not going to, there are several sponsors out there that I had the opportunity to partner with. Mm -hmm. that were big companies that it would have been a good sponsorship mm -hmm. and two reasons I didn't partner with them. One, at least one of the two, one would be, I really just didn't believe in it mm -hmm. and I didn't want to push it and be a sales pitch and, you know, be like, Oh my God, there's no way I'm going to support something that in my mind I think is junk. Right. Yep. And, you know, cost an arm and a leg, you know, so I wanted to keep stuff that the everyday guy can afford, you know, mm -hmm. it may not be, the best of this on the market, but it's something that your everyday guys like me are trying to go down the Royal King or something or track supply and buy because they can afford it. Yep. They don't have to go to a special website because the thing costs a thousand bucks. Right. Okay. Or the other reason is being able to not talk to either one of the head guys or the owner itself and say, Hey, listen, can you do me a favor? Like the same mm -hmm. thing you just talked about my seed and mineral guy. I literally just talked to them a while back. They are huge. Like it's my, seed sponsor and mineral sponsor deer 30 mm -hmm. their their minerals are unbelievable it's to the point where i don't know if they should like you can't make bigger bags of minerals because <laughs> yeah. it, they would just go through it right but you, you got to be very it's unbelievable it's not a mineral that is a lot of the minerals out there are like 95 percent salt yeah and five percent minerals yep well this is you know like 40, 50, 60% minerals and the results. So they're actually getting it and the deer consuming it mm -hmm. and their seed blend. It's, you know, there's times that I've been using their seed blend here or there. And for probably the last, you know, 10, 15 years or so, like it's the, the seeds they're using, you know, they, they just have certain things. So when I broke away and nothing with Mossy Oak, they have some of the most phenomenal seeds under there. But like, mm -hmm. there was a company that I'm like, man, I, I remember working with them back in the day. They're great. And the, the stuff they have now is it's unbelievable. And the best thing about it is when you reach out to them, it's, 
it's not, hey, I've tried to reach out to them all year. I haven't been able to get a hold of nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they haven't, I guess, like corporate, corporate yet. You know what I'm saying? Right. They yep. didn't yep. go to. So it's not a company that owns a company that owns five companies. And the person that owns all of this has no, nothing to do with the outdoor industry. Right. And these are hunter and fishing themselves. And it was just kind of cool to give them a call and say, Hey, listen, I also, um, what do you think about this? And to get that advice, Hey man, listen, you know, uh, try doing this and not yet. Don't do that yet. You want to do this for, I like that, you know, mm-hmm. and a couple of the other companies I'm with like buck fever. I can personally just call the owner, say, Hey, listen, I, what do you think about this? He's like, okay, sounds good, but try this. And then I can get back to him on that mm-hmm. when some of the other companies, and it's stuff that I believe in when some of the other companies from the get go, some of them are great products that they, they are, you know, some of the best out there. Mm-hmm. But if you do, cause nothing's perfect. You're going to have some hiccups. Yeah. For but sure. if you can't get an answer, like that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that and, just, and I, yeah. I wanted to partner with people. Like if you had a problem with somebody, if you're like, man, let me use some sponsors. I'm going to try it. And if you have a problem with it and you contact me personally, if you can't get a hold of somebody there, I will be able to get a hold of someone there and yep. answer that for you. And yep. I wanted to be that person. And the more I grow, it's like, I don't care. I'm never going to forget where I came from. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to not walk around the shows and talk to some people say you're fans. They're not to me. It's, you know, it's it, they're friends. You yeah, know, I don't care. Right. 50, 60,000 friends. That's the way I look at them, you know, and yep. I want to be there to represent them. So partnership is, is very important when you're getting ready to get into a partnership with someone. It is. To be able to talk to someone and say, hey, but I'm having a situation. What do you think? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take care of it. Or, and that's the great thing about it. When you talk to personal people, like you said, your seed guy. If he can't come back to you today, it's because he's busy with work. Mm-hmm. It's because he has something going on at home or family. When you hang up the phone, you're kind of like, man, he's an everyday guy. Mm-hmm. You, you know yep. what I'm saying? You understand yeah. you're probably dealing with the same struggles you are. <laughs> yep. To me, that speaks volume of a business owner. So Yeah, it does. I, I have a lot of respect for the people that work with the companies like that, like you, and that's what we do too. Like, If I don't believe something's going to work, uh, you can offer me whatever money you want. I'm not going to go out there and tell somebody to spend their hard earned money on it just because they were paying me to say that I gotta, I gotta use it and actually like it. And you know, the partners that we have, it's all been that way. It's, it's either someone that we know and respect in the first place or, you know, something that we've used in the past and we've liked it and we've started using it that way, you know, and then, and that's how the partnership came about. But I think there's a lot of it in the industry where it's just, Hey, whoever cuts me the biggest check, I'll push your stuff. You, and it's true because I, I man, it's always good to to have that that check to help the family or right pay for more hunts or do whatever. And I had two companies reach out to me about five six months ago, and they were kind of tied in together, but they were different products. And okay, this is what we like to offer you. This is what the contract would be. This or that. I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. You know that they're even considering me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, so this is awesome. You know, we'll do this, and they're like. Hey, we, we, we seen, you know, how you helped out this company, that company, whatever. I'm like, okay, great. Whatever. You know, let's like, so what are you offering? I was like excited at first. And then I found out what it was and I thought, man, that's good money. And that's good. Not only that, like that's a, I guess a cool product in it. But mm-hmm. to me, I didn't feel like I was being fair to the company. Cause it's like some things are easy to promote because the product itself 
sells itself. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And this was one of those. It's like, you know, I finally told him at that time. I just didn't have time for it, you know, because I thought about it. And I talked it over with my wife and stuff. It's like, how can I take that product, and how can I promote that every month for for this company without making it look like the same push? Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those products that you only could do one thing with it. Mm-hmm. So the reel or the post or the pictures or whatever, it's going to be the same thing the every same. time. Yep. So before you know it, after two, three months, people are looking at you thinking, you're full of crap. You don't even use that product. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And, yep. and they're right. They're right. I would be honest. My fans would be 100% right if they're like, you do not go home every day. And you, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I don't. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I, I don't want to be labeled like that. Like, right. if you see me out there planting seeds, shooting my bow, that is something I am doing every day. Yeah. If you see me doing other stuff, it's like, no, man. It's, <laughs> yeah. And once you do that and you get that reputation, then you lose value in everything that you, you actually do believe in, you know? 100%. 100%. Yep. Well, hey, man. It was great. No, I go talked ahead. about it, but, but, like, it was funny because, like, afterwards, my, my wife's like, was it seriously that was how, how much it was going to be, like, per month? Per, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and if, I, I'm not going to lie. We looked at each other like, should we just say heck with it? I'm like, no. You will literally, <laughs> like, you will blow yourself out of the industry yep. because yeah. when everything comes to an end eventually – I don't want to be the laughing guy. It's like, dude, you completely like just like pimped yourself out there for something mm-hmm. you didn't even believe in. Mm-hmm. You know? Then so, in the long run, you end up costing yourself more money. Yes, potentially, absolutely. So. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know yeah. you're a busy guy too. No, so uh, before we get you out of here, though, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and uh, your rugged apparel or anything else uh, you want. Just go ahead. Yeah. Um. As far as the. Uh, Rugged Apparel goes, that is going to be under um, ruggedapparel.com, and it's R-U-G-G apostrophe D. And uh, we are on all social media, Facebook, um, Instagram, as well as uh, um, TikTok and stuff. And mm-hmm. as far as myself, you know, I on Facebook and Instagram, but mostly Instagram, and that's going to be Sean Lundy underscore Lundy Life. Okay. So, and, and for – and all the shows, I will be there. I, I just and all I want to do is talk hunting or everyday life. Yeah. So yep. don't be a stranger. Come on up. So for sure, uh, I'll link all that stuff in the description too. So anybody listening and wants to check that stuff out, I'll link it down so it'll be easy to find as well. But uh, other than that, man, Sean, I really appreciate your time. Glad we could talk with you. Uh, we'll have to have you on again sometime if you'd be up for it. Absolutely, we are. Yeah, maybe we'll do something during the season. We'll see how the season's for go, sure, man. We're far from scared of return guests here, so <laughs> there you we'll, go. we'll get you scheduled out sometime. Uh, it was great talking to you guys, man. Yep. All right, thanks, thanks, Sean. You got it. Bye, bye.